right, though. All right, we ready. Oh, Kim's to getting comfy already. Show on the road. Yeah, comfy up in here. I don't. Uh, I didn't have to do any research this it's week. It's nice, so. isn't it? <laughs> I. I don't know. Like, I feel kind of weird. I feel like I'm like a lady. I will bum. say last week when I didn't have a story, I was kind of like, I felt a little off because I was like, I don't feel prepared for this week at all. Like, I have nothing to say. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Am I even going to be exactly. funny? Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. See, I, that was my favorite week because I'm like, I just have to show up. I just have to show up <laughs> and, and I'm good. Listen and talk. <laughs> well, and also too the first episode i wanted to throw up the entire time because i hate talking in front of people like so the podcast my idea but literally everything about a podcast is everything that i hate so we did the first episode and like my face was hot and i was sweating and i'm just like but yeah all right well but now i'm better because i'm i'm talking now and with that uh hello hello fine people hello of our listening audience Welcome to Mile 13. My name is Kim. Her name is Jackie. Hey. And their name is Casper. Sup. We men- I mentioned last week that um, th- there has been some time lapse in between episodes one and two. And that there has not really been so much time lapse between episodes two and three. But um, there has been a significant-ish part, little bit of time between episodes one and and this is episode three, our final episode of Savannah. Uh, but today, like everything kind of hit the airwaves yeah. with regard to mile 13. And even though we have exactly like five listeners, <laughs> I excuse it's- you. A- uh, I almost said acorn again. Why do I keep doing that? Uh, I don't know. Anchor ha- says that eight different people have listened to our podcast. <sighs> That's exciting. Oh, really? I have you. no idea how many of those might be ourselves, like testing three if we can hear them. Like three. <laughs> so that means that five people have listened to us. So five people. I I would like to thank um, Jess Biggers, who uh, is a friend of mine, uh, who is one of our listeners. Sierra Coe, who is a friend of mine and Jackie's, who I think may have been our first Stitcher subscriber. Hey. And Kim Sievers, who is another friend of mine who um, is the only one who has given us positive feedback. And it actually... (laughs) (laughs) Everyone else hated us. It actually was for Casper. She said that um, she too hates ghost adventures and she's really glad that you called them out on their nonsense. Yes. (laughs) Join the club. Uh, The other feedback was from Steve who said I interrupt everybody too much, which is also a thing I do in real life. And I'm really, really trying to work on it because I realize it comes across as obnoxious and horrible. (laughs) Well, now you have recorded evidence so you can hear the (laughs) progress as you go on. Yeah, let's hope. And and Jess said it wasn't even like bad. She just said that Jackie needs to sit closer to the mic. And I'm going to cry a lot. And that wasn't even bad. I told my sisters about it and they immediately looked it up on Spotify and their first thing was, ugh, an hour and a half, that's too long. That's <laughs> all they said to me. That's normal podcast length though. Right? That's what I was saying. So they didn't even I mean, bother like, to listen to it? They were just looked They might. Hmm. They just haven't yet. <laughs> They're gonna get to the cactus part and then just turn it off. I that's what I'm thinking about my mother in law if she ever figures out how to listen to it. Cause she, I mean she she's on Facebook and like she's on stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh like when I shared um, on my personal Facebook page, I put number one, it's got bad words because she <laughs> yep. she is not a fan of language. 
And so I'm just praying that she doesn't listen to our podcast because I she's she's gonna not think of me kindly after hearing it. I don't think one yeah. one of my favorite things about like getting ready to like post it on everything was that like when you know I was putting it on Spotify, it was like, is this podcast explicit? And I was like, well, yes, but- a because. I not so much you guys just me I swear and B <laughs> we're talking about like dead bodies and stuff yeah, so well, yeah then, I'd say it's a little expl- explicit I had a hard time when I went to put it on Spotify because I didn't or not Spotify on Stitcher because I didn't know what category to put it under right I like put it under travel and entertainment is that what was I put it under that was not a choice <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was either between lifestyle and health or <laughs> what? or comedy and i picked comedy i there's no what? crime one no no oh there was one i can't remember which one i posted it on but i think it was for itunes i could choose stories so i did Ooh. that one for itunes i think oh, i think also one of them i could have done was education but then i thought oh that's kind of i don't want kids to listen to this yeah yeah <laughs> mommy i'm just trying well, to learn about all we, the dead bodies i mean even <laughs> avery would be explicit. all about it but it what if we market it as explicit kids shouldn't be able to hear it you would think children if you are listening to this go find an adult <laughs> and make sure it's okay and they can and tell you no <laughs> yeah no uh if my grandkids are listening to this especially kellen turn the radio off <laughs> turn, turn it, it off, off. Right i don't want you to listen you know it's gonna make her just crank it up i know Mm-hmm. No, I'm saying, kids, you can listen to it. Just get permission first. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Anywho. So, any new news from either of you two this week? Anything new? I had a goat uh, oh, two that's days fun. ago. It was, so, it was Brandon's birthday on Thursday, but I saw him for maybe, like, half an hour. Because, yeah, well, I got home from work, and as soon as I got home from work, he went to work. And so we celebrated on Saturday, and I had this big plan, like, we were going to go canoeing, go see John Wick, but it started raining, and then he had to go in mm. to work again, so then it was going to be another bust of a day. So we went to Young's Dairy, which mm. is, um, it's like putt-putt, petting zoo, um, ice cream. ice cream. Fun. It's not that good. <laughs> okay, I'm trying so hard. It's not that good. I always get sick because it's unpasteurized. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, we can't all be bougie like yeah. you, Kim. I had about a half gallon. And um, so so we went there and it started raining. But then it ended up being really fun because um, we we tried going to the petting zoo and there's all these little kids and they were like smacking things and Aww. screaming. Not not goats, but oh. there's like there's like metal. Say, it's like, are, are the children hitting the animals? That's all. No, awful. there's like the you know those big containers that you put milk in, they're metal. Oh and then, yeah. So there's some of those, but they're painted. And so Brandon and I sat down and it was really cute. We're eating our ice cream. And then these kids jump up on this thing behind us and just start smacking it. And Brandon gets like this twitch in his eye. (laughs) You know some kids are about to get murdered. They're real close to becoming ghosts. But then it started raining and everyone left. And then we went back and we pet all the goats. Sounds fun. Except for the annoying children. Okay, so let's. Yeah, so Casper, how did anything, what's new with you this week? So for Father's Day, um, 
I ended up going up to Michigan to go see my family because my older sister, I have two older sisters, but the middle of the family, uh, she teaches at an international school in Honduras. And when she comes back for the summer, she like flies into Chicago. So I pick her up from Chicago and then she goes and spends the summer with my parents. Um, And so we like used Father's Day weekend so that we could all get together. So we all like went to this super fun uh, like brewery kind of place. And my like one year old nephew was there. So I got to see him. So that was super fun. Um, The only problem was when I went there and then came back, I was like on a Sunday. So then I came back and I had to work the next day only which was today. Um, Only my phone decided to switch over to Michigan time which is an hour ahead. Oh, no. And then never switched back. So I ended up being an hour early for work, which was better than being an hour I late. Guess, but, but it also meant you lose out on an, I got up at like... Yeah, you lose an hour of sleep. That sucks. I got up at like five in the morning, oh. and I'm so tired I right bet. now. And it meant I got to leave work an hour earlier, too. But I was, st- I was just like driving home like... It's not worth it. <laughs> I took a nap late yesterday afternoon. And so because I took a nap, like I wasn't really tired at, at bedtime. Mm-hmm. So when when Casper and I sound drunk, we're not really drunk. We're just really tired. We're just super tired. Yeah. I'm a morning person. So when I wake up early, I feel great. Ugh. Yeah. Screw <laughs> you, Jackie. We're awful. Yep. It's funny because Brandon's not a morning person, so we'll get up to go to the gym and, like, I'll be like, let's go. Let's get exercise. Be healthy. Yeah. And then he, like, zips up his hoodie so he doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> like, as high as it'll go, so, so just his eyes are sticking ass. out. <sighs> yep. Jeez. Yeah, I don't. What about you, Kim? Uh, I dog sat over the weekend. Nice. Was it a nice dog? Pretty much. So we have uh, we have almost as many grand dogs as we have grandkids, um, <laughs> but we there's we have one little girl grand puppy named Rosie, and we Rosie. love her so so much. And so she came and spent a couple days. So Rosie came over because um, Sarah is she's bought her first house, which is very exciting. Um, and she, so she is in the process of like getting out of her apartment. And so they had to come and do like the inspection to make sure that she didn't trash the place, which she didn't. Cause she's, she's like super great cleaner and stuff. But, um, Jack and Ru- Jack and Rupert were so sad when Rosie left, like Sarah, Sarah's Aww. husband, Marco came to get her and he didn't have a leash. And so he had her by the collar and Rupert got in between Rosie and Marco and was like trying to knock Marco over so that he would let go of Rosie. And then after she Aww. left, she has a blanket that is on our floor that she sleeps on when she's here. And Jack just went and like laid down on the blanket and was so sad. Like He just looks so mopey and so sad. It was kind of heartbreaking. That's precious and heartbreaking at the same time. I have desperately been trying to convince Steve that the boys want a little sister and I thought I almost had him with that one but Hmm. no we're still puppyless. Keep wearing them down you'll get one eventually. I I don't know if it's a good idea I keep going back and forth you some people may know this some people may not there is a huge difference between two dogs and three dogs like that's where the line is that's that's the line. Um, if you have if you go from like one dog to two dog, it's it's not 
like significantly more fur or more mud or more whatever. It's not that big of a difference. But when you go from two to three, it the amount of mess somehow triples. But once you <laughs> get to that third dog, like after three to like 50, it's it's not any worse. It's just from two to three. And then once you cross the three dog threshold, you're done. So my takeaway is to get 50 dogs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was my takeaway too. Get 50 <laughs> Correct. <dogs. laughs> yes, I can do that. It's either done and done. Two or 50. Got it. My vote's 50. Yeah, I'm done with 50. I can't see any way that would go wrong. Mm-mm. We can all co parent. As yeah. long as they're big dogs. You don't want 50 little dogs because they don't Ooh. go Oh, big way. dogs. Yeah. But I was talking with someone earlier today. I. I hate small dogs so much. I have this thing. It's like me in Georgia. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm I'm sure I'm sure you can have a small dog and it's nice, but they're so yippy and like I like big dogs have personalities and little dogs just kind of look at you and bark and then try and like overcompensate. I agree. And it it fills me with a lot of rage and I feel so bad. Like I So Instead of watching the uh, Rose Bowl for Thanksgiving, my family will always watch the dog show. Yes, same. Um, just because that's what we do. And when I was a child, I would take a Nerf gun and try to shoot all the tiny dogs. <laughs> Not because I wanted them dead, just because I was like, no, I want a big dog to win. <laughs> and they never that's do. That's just the kind of child I was. And they never do. Do you know that a Golden I'm Retriever like, has never won that? I know, and I'm always rooting for one because golden retrievers are my favorite dogs. They're so cute. I don't see how they cannot be your favorite dog. I want a Belgian Malinois. What are they? <gasps> Do you not know what they are? I mean, I probably would recognize it if I saw one, but they are. They sound fancy. They are. Um. So they're actually the dogs that police use. So they look like German shepherds, but um. But they're fluffier, right? Casper they're... calls me bougie, and you're over here talking about no, no, Belgian no, 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 no. Malinois. No, 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 whatever. No. So called. they. They'll do things. There's videos of like someone who will get down on all fours and the dog will jump off their back and scale like a two story building. What? Or they'll scale the side of a tree. Super dog. They are the coolest dogs ever. They're insane. Super dog. Yeah. Are Are they good like with kids and other dogs and stuff? I would assume so because if police use them, they have to probably be like really well behaved. So I'm sure they. But that's the thing like about so we had a German exchange student years ago and her dad trains German shepherds for the German police, which is a really cool job. That's a neat job. Um, Sign me up. I know. Right. But that's the thing. And they have a German shepherd that her dad has trained. And the thing and I've heard this from other people, too, that German shepherds are good dogs for their family. But if you are not in their family, like, forget it. Oh, really? Like, you can't have company over because they will, they'll rip your throat out. I do know they're high energy. And Buffy was like that. Franzi's dog, Buffy. Her little German, she wasn't a little German shepherd. She's a big German shepherd. Interestingly enough, though, she, when we went to go visit them in Germany, like, Franzi had moved back to Germany and we went to go visit them. Buffy was totally cool with us. And I don't know if it's because when Franzi got back home, like they smell, she smelled us on her clothes and like associated the smell and it was like, oh, you're a friend of my mom. You're cool. 
Maybe. Anyways, should so we tell some ghost stories? We should. So we are on Savannah episode number three, our final episode. And I think final probably uh, after this, we'll probably take a, a break as far as like lengthy, lengthy things go. And we'll probably just do yeah. a couple of one episode cities, I think. Yeah, that sounds before good. Before we hit another big one. Yeah. But uh, so while we're on the subject, if there's some place that you want us to cover... Send it in, mile13show at gmail.com, or hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, all the things. All the things. All right. So who's going first? Casper, are you telling your story first today? I am telling my story first. Jackie and I rock, paper, scissors did, and uh, I'm going first. They mean that I said, you're going to go first. (laughs) (laughs) I texted earlier today and said, hey, since we don't have the history portion tonight, um, who's going first? And she went, how about you? And I went, okay. Solid. Alrighty, so I am talking about the Mercer Williams House Museum. I saw this, and I almost covered it, but I didn't look at it, so I'm excited. Good, I'm glad, because it is a fun one, let me tell you guys. Um, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for my second week of covering these ghost stories, and I was like, there's like a lot of good options, but I couldn't find any like story that had enough to like fully cover in an episode, and so for a while I was just going to do a bunch of little ones, and then I stumbled across this one, and I was like, instantly just, nope, this is what I'm covering, this is it. Um so this house is popular because it was it's the main point like the main subject of this book slash movie called Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil by John Burnett. I know of this. I have not read or seen it but I am familiar with it and it looked like it would be really good. In complete honesty, I also did not read or watch the movie, probably should have, but I was worried that the movie slash book wouldn't be accurate and then I would be giving like non-correct stuff, like information. So I decided just to do um, like just go what I could find um, on doing my own research, but I will probably watch the movie after I actually cover it here. Yeah, I think I am going to as well. I actually think I might have the book. Oh, really? Huh. On Kindle, because Kindle gives you, like, a free download every month. And I think that was one of my free downloads. Cool. Yeah. So, oh, I'm so... It's supposedly very popular. People really like it. Alrighty, so... This house was designed for General Hugh Whedon... Uh, yeah, Hugh Whedon Mercer, um, by architect John S. Norris. So Norris was, like, a really, really popular architect at the time. He has done, like, a ton of the houses and churches and, like, most of the lighthouses, like, which I didn't really realize there were lighthouses in Savannah, but apparently there are. Oh, yeah, it's a really big port town. Yeah, I didn't, like, I don't know why I didn't think of that in my head, but I was like, lighthouses? Why are there lighthouses? But (laughs) What year are we talking about here? So it was designed in 1860. Okay, so so right around the wartime. Okay. Exactly. So it started construction in 1860, but it stopped because of the Civil War. So it like started and then instantly was halted. Um but it's described as a two-story brick Italian style dwelling with a classic entrance porch porch. Uh, decoratively sawn brackets along the eaves and paired windows with segmental arches topped a heavy sculptural hood. And I have no idea what any of those words mean. Pretty? 
Fancy? Very pretty. Very fancy. Much pretty. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I said, it started construction in 1860, but was halted because of the Civil War. Um, and by the time the war ended, uh, General Mercer wasn't able, like, actually able to come back and live in his dream home. And interesting fun fact that's not that fun. Um, no Mercer family ever actually lived in the house. Which really? is interesting that it is called the Mercer Williams house, considering no Mercer ever lived there. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Why isn't it just William? Why is it just the Williams, Williams. house? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so construction ended in 1868, so eight years after it had originally started building, um, and it was bought by a man named John Wilder. And it was just a pretty much a normal house for, a, like, long period of time until the 20th century where the house became the home and headquarters to the savannah shriners ali temple which is an organization which is still in a like still going um and their mission statement get ready for this guys a fraternity based on fun fellowship and the masonic principles of brotherly love we come from all walks of life meet on the level uh Meet on the level and enjoy sharing what we have in common. We are the Masons first and became Shriners in, uh, in Brotherhood in search for more integral growth by helping children in need of medical attention that they may not get otherwise and share the growth in any way we are able. In doing so, we have fun and build relationships that last an eternity. Keeps going. Every time a Shriner puts on a costume, dresses in funny clothes, rides in a tiny car, waves from a float in a parade, and participates in any fashion that makes a person smile and happy for a moment, it makes us swell up inside with joy. The bottom line is, we care. That is not the direction I thought you were going to take. I, <laughs> so, I... Are you, have you guys, you guys are familiar with the Shriners, right? Mm, I wasn't no. until I looked them up for this podcast. They, so they used to have this thing where they would put on these funny little hats, these funny little red bucket looking hats and ride around yeah. in tiny cars and parades and stuff. And like everybody would laugh and whatever. And they were best known for like their burn hospital. Like they, they, I think think it's in atlanta now i could be wrong um but they have a very high-tech state-of-the-art burn hospital um and now they you see commercials sometimes um about how shriners helps like their primary focus is on kids like sick kids or kids that have lost limbs or whatever and they like help them to kind of have a a normal life so it's a genuinely wholesome group yeah Oh, I like to think so. Granted, I am a cynic, and so I don't really like trust my instinct to be like they're a great or great organization. But I'd like to believe that they're good. So on the surface, I think they are. But I don't know if you caught what Casper said in there that they have Masonic ties. Oh, okay. And my father-in-law was a Mason, so I want to tread very lightly here because I adored my father-in-law. But the Masons, to me, seem like a very sketchy group. Mm-hmm. Anybody, that, any group that can keep that many secrets for this many years, I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. Either that or they're not actually hiding anything. And it's more of like... Which would make me really sad, actually. Yeah. They're actually just <laughs> going and smoking cigars and complaining about, <laughs> complaining about, about the their wives. 
crazy. That's probably what it is. And they're like, yeah. oh, honey, it's what are you doing? probably what it is. <laughs> honey, what are you doing? Oh, it's a, a secret club. You it's, can't know about it. I can't tell What do you talk about? It's secret. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so like I say, I want to believe that the Shriners are great, honest people. Um, And as far as I know, they are. So yay. Yay. But yeah, this house was their headquarters for a very long time um, until they eventually moved, um, which I believe it is to Atlanta, but I could be wrong about that fact. Um, But after they moved their headquarters, the house uh, sat vacant for almost 10 years before it was bought by Jim Williams, who is our second main character of the story. Um, in 1969, oh, and so uh, Williams was a fun guy. We like Williams. Well, we'll decide if we like Williams or not by the end of this. <laughs> uh oh, I'm detecting an um, air of sarcasm. <laughs> well, just depends on what you believe. So Williams was an antique dealer and preservationist. Uh, in 1955, when he was 24, he bought three houses on Savannah's East Congress Street. Um, and in the next 35 years, he bought over 50 houses, including the Mercer Williams house, and, like, restored all of them. Wait, so how he, many like, houses did you say he bought by the time he was 24? So when he was 24, he bought three houses. What are you two doing with then, your lives? Right? <laughs> I want a house so bad. <laughs> I know. I know. What was he just like? Did he just come from a rich family or what? I didn't find much about like how he, it was just a big passion of his of buying old houses and restoring them and then like making them good. He was a yeah. Flipper before flipping was cool. He was a flipper before spirits. flipping was cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, but it took him two years to restore the uh, Mercer Williams house, and in doing so, he fell in love with the estate and made it his permanent residence. So he turned the carriage house in the back uh, into his own antique restoration workshop. Um, But he was most famous for throwing wildly extravagant parties. Yes, yes, yes. I really like this guy so far. Which were, quote, Great Gadsby-esque. I really like this guy so far. I'm trying to figure out where the story takes a turn. I know. So far, I'm all about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's great on paper. Um, so his best event was always the annual Christmas party, which anybody who was anybody would be invited to these Christmas events. Um, but interestingly, Williams never married. And in fact, he was in a relationship with his assistant slash personal escort, Danny Lewis Hansford. Williams was gay. But he never came out publicly, um, because it was the 1970s. Um... But Hansford, his lover, was also a interesting fella. Um, in the book, uh, The Midnight Garden of Good and Evil, he is described as a walking streak of sex. Whoa. <laughs> I just yeah. pictured him in like a silky deep V. I pictured Freddie Mercury. Like, oh, hello. Um, so Hansford was a male escort who was more than happy to become William's personal companion. Um, however, Hansford was unliked by the locals and I couldn't find any reason why other than just homophobia. Because he's a walking streak of sex. Because he's a walking streak of sex. <laughs> of sex. That yeah, could be a little intimidating, sex. I think. Yeah. A little, maybe. 
And also he was like a hundred percent cool with just like going and living at this rich man's house and just being like, yeah, I'll throw giant parties with you all the time. If I have to. I mean. <laughs> if I have to. Oh, and you're going to pay me? <laughs> oh, oh, and we get to have sex all the time. Great. Love it. <laughs> so he's like the ultimate sugar baby. Yeah. Basically. He owned it. Oh, he owned every part of that. It's great. Until in 1981, where uh, Hansford was found shot dead. <gasps> hmm. Ooh. So Williams was immediately charged for Hansford's death, and he was tried four times. And he is the only person in Savannah's history to be tried four times for the same crime. So basically, the first trial happened, um, like, immediately after the death. And uh, Williams was, like, instantly found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. A lot of people speculate that it was because the judges, like, the judge was homophobic and just sentenced instantly because he was a gay man. Um, Later, another judge repealed the sentence because they discovered contradicting police reports. So he was released from prison. Um, but they couldn't do anything because there was like contradicting police reports. So there was a third trial, which all of the jury decided that Williams was guilty, except for one woman who refused to sway her vote. So the trial ended up being a hung jury. I appreciate that. Right. I'm like, you go like, I don't, this is where I'm like, do you believe that Williams actually killed Hansford or not? Because there's like the police reports were conflicting. Like we have no idea what actually happened there just that Hansford showed up dead um regardless of what what you believe about about their relationship I do believe that I have a lot of respect for that woman because mm -hmm. a man's life hung in the balance and she stood her ground like she took it seriously as in I'm not going to be the one with blood on my hands if this man is actually innocent yeah he's actually innocent yeah good for her so two years later there was the fourth and final trial where he was finally pronounced innocent and was freed of all charges however his victory was very short-lived because six months later on january 14th 1990 williams died at age 59 of pneumonia and heart failure most likely caused by aids oh but interestingly he allegedly collapsed near the spot where hansford was shot So there's that fun twist at the end of, well, that's, is it somebody who is mourning the death of their lover in their last final moments? Or is it someone who's feeling guilty over mm-hmm. killing their lover? Ooh, interesting. Vote now on your phones. <laughs> but um, no one else was ever charged for the murder. So like, it's still an unsolved case. Nobody knows who actually killed Danny. Um, do you know but, anything about the murder? Like, was it a brutal murder? Was he stabbed? Was he shot? He was, sh- he was just shot. Yeah. Whoa. Did, did they have a good relationship? I mean, like why, aside from the fact that in murders, like, like in, in any crime like that, it's usually the neck, like the, the lover who is mm-hmm. be it spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Usually they're the prime suspect. Is, right. is that the only reason? Yeah, it's the only reason I could, I'm sure they talk more about it in the book and in the movie about like their reasoning for instantly accusing him. But I would assume it's something like that, that uh, it's the spouse or not spouse because marriage wasn't legalized back then. But um, uh, his his partner. Hmm. I'm going to go watch this movie now. Right. Yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. Um, 
So years after the trials, Judge George Edward Oliver, who presided over three of the four trials, was quoted to say that son of a gun Jim Williams was absolutely guilty of cold-blooded murder. And then he continued to say, I do not blame him. That boy he shot was trouble with a capital T. Some people just need killing. I would agree with and that I'm last like, part. <laughs> I, I don't, like, I've never met the man, but I agree that some people don't. On a completely unrelated topic, we forgot to do Kim's opening apology. And I think we're going <laughs> to need to do that again. <laughs> I, I thought have we just not had a blanket said one. anything super offensive. You just said yeah. some people are worth killing. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's pretty. All right, you, you're going to tell me the homo down the street that's eyeballing little Johnny getting off the school bus deserves to live? No. No, he does not. I'm saying if he was hit by a bus, I wouldn't be upset. Thank you. And I will not apologize for my views on <laughs> child molestation. It's a, Gotta it's draw a good the line somewhere. To stand on. <laughs> it's a good line to draw on the sand. That's true. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that is the story of the William and Hansford murder case. Um, and if you would like to know more about it, uh, I highly suggest you go watch or read Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, um, which I will definitely do after this. Or, but wait, or do both. there's more to this story. Oh. What'd you say? I said, or you can do both. And then we can get into a discussion on the Facebook page about which is better, the book or the movie. Which one's better? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. So before Williams ever bought the house, during that 10-year span when it was abandoned, there was another uh, tragedy that happened. So in 1969, two young boys decided to explore the abandoned building and chase pigeons. You know, the kind of stuff little boys do. (laughs) It's just chase pigeons, apparently, is a thing. I would do that. I hate pigeons almost as so, much as I hate seagulls. Yeah, but they were like using slingshots to like shoot them down. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I I feel like these boys are going to get what's coming to them. Well, one of them was named Tommy Downs, and he was 11 years old. So it was Tommy and his friend. And Tommy was making his way through the house and got up to the roof somehow. And as he was chasing the birds, Tommy fell. However, and I think this is one of the worst things I am ever going to say, so heads up to you guys. All of listeners, slight trigger warning here. Um, Tommy didn't fall straight to the ground. He actually fell on top of the wrought iron fence (gasps) and was impaled through his head. Whoa. Oh. Oh, my gosh. It gets worse because Tommy didn't die on impact. (gasps) Paramedics had to remove the iron spike from the fence and rush him to the hospital only for him to be pronounced dead on arrival. Mm. Oh Oh my gosh. Okay. And here's where I would like to apologize for saying that the boys got what they were coming, what was coming to them for shooting at the pigeons with slingshots. Because that's yeah. definitely, no pun intended, overkill. A little bit of overkill. Sorry, that was funny. Well, <laughs> I was trying not to laugh. Like those, <laughs> just because you're shooting at pigeons doesn't mean that you should be impaled by an iron spike. I was thinking like a stub toe. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a little That's like little more much. on the level of punishment. Yeah. Whoa. 
Yeah. So his friend claimed that uh, he witnessed the entire thing and he swore that it appeared as though somebody pushed Tommy off of the roof, even though they were completely alone. It was just the two of them. His friend is now a taxi driver in Savannah and refuses to drive by the house. I literally have goosebumps. I am surprised that this friend is even still like functioning. If you're 11 years old and you witness your best friend get impaled through the face. Yeah. So much tragic, like trauma and like PTSD. Like damn, you I can, we're high again. I can see the hairs on your arm from across the room. <laughs> I don't like, like that. You really are. They're seriously standing up on end. Look at my legs; they're so bumpy. <laughs> okay. Wow. So if you go to the house now, the fence is still there, and you like you can tell that like you wouldn't be able to f- just fall and slip off the roof. Like it would take a jump or a push to actually get to the fence. And there is a post that still has a chip on it from where Tommy was impaled. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So like, I wonder if there, if, because you said they had to remove the spike from the fence. So I wonder if you can tell which spike was replaced because I'm sure they either replaced the spike or there's just an empty spot where there's a spike missing. Mm -hmm. So there are pictures online and there is like, there is a spike that's just on the fence that has like a chip out of it. So like either it was like the next one over that like got damaged in the like whole scenario of everything happening or it was the one he actually fell on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It is extremely, but I mean, I guess that's why we do this podcast. It is extremely morbid, but I really want to go to this house now and see this spike. Right. Mm-hmm. That an 11 year old child got impaled on. Yeah. That's, that, ma- that makes, that makes me a horrible person. But you know what? It makes well, all of our listeners horrible people too, because you all know that you want to go see this. Yeah. If you guys are listening to oh, this. Oh, I have no shame on the fact if I want to go see this kid. But that's why we're here. We, we aim to please. That's why we're here. <laughs> Um, so let's move on to the ghosts. Speaking of during the time that Williams was alive and in the house, um, after Hansford's death, Williams was haunted relentlessly by Hansford's spirits or so he claims has to play devil death get there. Um, but he reported hearing unexplained footsteps and loud crashes. And it got so bad that Williams, uh, reached out to a voodoo practitioner to cleanse the house. And here's what happens where if you believe he did kill Danny, because if he did kill Danny, then it pissed Danny off, Hansford's spirit, and uh, Hansford killed Williams in revenge. So the story goes, since his body was found near the spot that Hansford died. Or you could believe that they were a happy, like, happy couple. And we know that uh, Hansford didn't find rest because today he's seen around the area where he was buried on the property and several EVPs have been reported at his gravesite. So he definitely hasn't haven't passed on yet. What about Williams? Williams uh, is commonly seen in full apparition form walking up and down the halls at uh, all hours of the night by staff. Oh, so also not gone. Do they still there? Are they ever seen together? Not that I found. Interesting. Hmm. hmm. That sounds suspicious. I know. Sounds like a, a lover's quarrel. That a little bit of lover's quarrel there. All eternity. Super passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> so, was do you have any stories of people that die? Like, why would somebody, I mean, even before these two died, 
the boy was pushed off the roof. So who was who pushed him off the roof? Yeah, that's the question. Like, there wasn't any spirits before these two. So, like, who did that? Was it just, like, a malicious spirit that was just there? Or, yeah, a poltergeist, a demon? Like, who knows if it, like, he might have just fallen? Like, I don't know. But, yeah, I couldn't find anything about, like, what caused that to happen. Like, why there would already be something there. Who was the one that collected antiques? Williams. It was before he moved in. Oh, okay. Huh. But I see where you're going with that. Mm -hmm. It could have been something in the house that somebody had left or whatever that had a spirit associated with it. Yeah. That's what Mm. I was wondering. Could have been the Shriners. It could have been the Shriners. Well, yeah, because, I mean, if it was a hospital, like in any hospital, people die. Maybe. But I don't actually know if they, like, had it as a hospital. It was just their, like, headquarters. Oh, I see. Anyways. Some other common sights that you can see in the house are uh, apparitions, disembodied voices, phantom footsteps, and the feeling of being watched all around the house and surrounding property. Um, five years after William's death, reports started being made that parties were being held at the house. They, people said that the chandelier would light up all on its own and shadowy figures would pass from room to room. And people have seen the house, quote, ablaze with light. Ooh. People have also seen men and women dressed to the nines appearing out of nowhere, approaching the house and entering to join an invisible party. Oh, that's so fun. I Yeah. And I'm like, I, I want to go to a ghost party so badly. Like, that just sounds awesome. How sad would you be if you tried to go to the ghost party and he turned you away at the door? The little ghost bouncer. <laughs> like, nah, you're not cool enough to be part of our fancy party. <laughs> they just snaps his fingers and disappears. You're like, no, but wait, I think you're so cool. (laughs) Please take me to your Gatsby party. (laughs) That would be the worst blow to the ego ever. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I'm not cool enough for the ghosts. Yeah. I'm not cool enough for the ghosts. I'm not cool enough for people that nobody can see. (laughs) What if he's like, I would rather die again. (laughs) Disappear. (laughs) Harsh. Harsh. Be my friend. Nope. Do they see the the boy that got impaled? What was They do. Tommy. Tommy. Is, is Tommy hanging around? So people have claimed to see a little boy running around the property who is thought to be Tommy. Um, he appeared, he likes to appear in people's photographs. Um, and he is described as a small boy with blonde hair who often appears in the windows of the house. Hmm. Um, and then horrifically, Many people have claimed to see a little boy falling from the roof and being impaled on a fence oh, repeatedly. No. Oh, oh, no. Could you imagine seeing so that they, and like, thinking it was real? Yeah. So you, like, see a kid fall from the, like, roof and get impaled on the fence. You run up and he vanishes and appears back on the roof and just falls in front of you again. Oh, no. Oh. They're back. <laughs> <laughs> My goosebumps are back. <laughs> but, yeah. So... If you would like to experience your own fun paranormal experiences at this house, um, it is located on 429 Bull Street and stands on um, Montanary Square, which is also haunted. Fun fact. It is currently owned by Jim Williams' sister, Dorothy Kingry, who runs it as a historical museum. And it's, been fe- it's featured on many, many ghost tours. Only I suggest if you do want to hear stories and ask questions about the ghost, you do that. 
rather than going to the museum itself because uh, Dorothy Kingry is not a big fan of the supernatural and has kicked people out for asking questions about mm-hmm. ghosts. Oh, that's kind of fun. So what is the museum? Is it just a museum of Savannah? Is it a Civil War museum? What kind of museum are we talking about? It's here? like a historical house, basically. Oh, so just like this is what the period of this house was yeah. when it was built and what was going on in the world, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Huh. Um. Fun fact, she's also not a huge fan if you're just there because of the book or movie, but she's more understanding about that one. So yeah, basically, if you go, just don't mention you're there to see ghosts. Just be super interested in the history of the house. Hmm. She sounds like a wet blanket. I feel like she's missing an opportunity. Yeah, she could cash in on that. Absolutely. I never understand. Like, I get that you want to, like, honor memories and, like, if you don't believe in this like paranormal, like it could be considered insulting that people are there just to like see ghosts, but it's also, you're missing out on like a ton of money right. that people would gladly pay to go to a haunted place. Oh, yeah. so. And well, see if I, if I was someone who didn't believe in that, I'd be like, okay, I know I'm safe. And then people come like, Oh no, this ghost came and I saw them push. Like I would be so over the top and I would on like maybe even just lie. <laughs> because people come like oh wow they saw this yeah yeah she's missing out anyways (laughs) i hope your story is a little bit more uplifting than that nope sorry gosh (laughs) you signed up for a haunted podcast this is what you get you get impaled children and whatever jackie's gonna talk about (laughs) pirates pirates oh pirates pirates, pirates. that's more fun than impaled children well we'll see (laughs) <laughs> not too sure about that okay so casper are you are you done with your story i am done with my story okay so it's your turn oh i'm real excited okay so mine's kind of short <laughs> but it's good so that'll be good for casper's sister who thinks an hour and a half is too long for a podcast yeah just fast apparently yeah. it's cool um so i'm covering the pirates the the pirate's house and it was a tavern originally built in 1753 in downtown Savannah. Um, and there's actually a really small part of the building. And that was built in 1734, making it the oldest building in the entire state. Huh. Wow. Oh. Snaps. Wow. Ah. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. Wow. Okay. Mm. So, yeah, the original portion of the establishment was built in 1734. And um, it was originally built to become a botanical garden. And yeah, and so it was actually a pretty big deal. Like botanists would come from around the world and they tried growing things like cotton, spices, mulberry trees, medicinal herbs. Because it was at the time when Savannah was booming. So there was a big influx of people. They're trying to capitalize on that. Um, They also, (laughs) so they tried to become a renowned winery uh with the mulberry trees that they were growing but mulberry trees aren't local to savannah so they just didn't grow (laughs) and so it wasn't very successful um the the overall a for effort there guys yeah and i'd feel bad if i was a botanist coming in from somewhere and they're like oh mulberry trees don't grow here but we're gonna make them grow and you put all this effort in as someone who worked on a farm for many years I can understand that. Yeah. I feel like wouldn't that make I'm you trying a to, like, pretty do you think lousy botanist? I guess. 
If you didn't know that. Do you think like multiple people showed up and they're like, I'm going to plant one of these mulberry trees. And like the people there were like, "Ooh, should we tell them that they don't actually grow here? <laughs> no, let's just watch and see what happens. No, let's just watch them fail. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe that. But so, yeah, the overall heat um, in Savannah pretty much made it difficult to grow anything that wasn't native there. Um, and so in 1754, the garden was no longer relevant to the community. It didn't work. Um, no one cared. <laughs> oh, <that's> so sad. <laughs> so I care about the garden. It's almost <laughs> as sad as a boy getting impaled by a spike. Oh, apology part two coming soon. <laughs> um, pretty much as soon as it stopped becoming a botanical garden, it turned into a tavern, which was a lot more appropriate for a port town with people coming in and out. And a lot of people were travelers and um, just like, I don't know, not a lot of people settle in Savannah for long. Um, as So they were basically like, screw the garden. We're just going to sell beer. Yeah. If I had a dollar for every time I did I'm that. I'm done with that life choice. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Savannah was quickly becoming a flourishing port town and was changed to a tavern and also an inn to serve the seamen and travelers. Are you going to laugh at seamen because you're 12? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sorry. I need a moment. Um, <laughs> so once it became a tavern, it was actually really, really successful because people could come in, stay upstairs in the inn, drink downstairs. So this tavern actually became the local spot to swap stories, brag about accomplishments, and pretty much just get turnt. And... Um, I bet the music there was great. <laughs> I it, I hope there was an accordion. Just like folk songs and all a the time. And a I monkey. hope so. Because you can't have a pirate tavern without an accordion and a monkey. Is that a monkey on my shirt? It's not that kind of monkey. My shirt's Davy Jones and he's great. Um, I meant the primate kind. But, I mean, Davy Jones would have been cool, too. I can't really picture Davy Jones as a pirate, but I'm sure he would have been a he lovely pirate. He dressed as a pirate in one of the episodes. He did a Unless sword fighting. Davy Jones I'm sure he would have been a lovely pirate. Oh, not Davy. We're talking about the band, the monkeys. No, I know. But, like, I was, I was trying to make a reference, guys. Boo! No! <laughs> it was a noble attempt. Yep. Thank you. Anyone come at me with the monkeys, and I will challenge them. Um, you sound so intimidating. No, I want to hear exactly what you were going to do to them. She would challenge them. Did you not catch that? <laughs> challenge. <laughs> That's about as aggressive as I get. Um, but yeah, so over time, um, it turned into like, it turned from more of a hit place to be for travelers to bringing in more suspect people um including pirates hence the pirate house Neat. and um most people that lived in savannah like the locals knew that um rough people would go there and it had a really dangerous reputation so almost no locals went there they knew mm-hmm. it was a bad place just avoid it at all costs um and then I- so somebody comes to town and they're like I want to go stay at a nice tavern. Why on earth the other locals would be like, you should go stay at the pirate house. I bet that's a great place to be. It's, yeah. That's where they grow the mulberry trees. <laughs> yeah, that's I where feel like, mulberry trees are. I feel like in the 1750s, though, people were more like, 
oh yeah, they're probably going to die, but eh, not my business. Yeah. <laughs> not my let, monkey, not my circus. Yeah, let me let me tend these mulberry trees that are dying. <laughs> um, these imaginary mulberry trees. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, a crazy person on the side of the street. Um, anywho, <laughs> so I actually found this little tidbit um, that there weren't there weren't technically many pirates that came in but it was more privateers and privateers were essentially legal pirates where they would with the blessing of the english government these groups would raid ships of the enemies kill everyone on board sell the ships get all the things of value and then just split it with the british government and then the british government just backed them so i was gonna say that i wanted to be a privateer and then i changed my mind yeah. I just want to be a legal pirate. That's like Deadpool. Yeah. It's and like a mercenary. I'm okay with being oh, Deadpool. Yeah. yeah. An anti-hero. Yeah. So, yeah. There are privateers there. Some pirates, but mostly legal people that are like, my country's got my back. I'm going to be a horrible person. Eh. Um, nice southern accent. I mean, well, and the country in question wasn't exactly... I mean, they don't always... Now they're pretty okay, I guess. <laughs> but back then, you've come so far. They didn't really have a stellar reputation. Yeah. Like we didn't Yeah. We weren't we weren't good friends. Yeah. So, in the 1750s with the Brits. Not going to invite them to my birthday party, mm-hmm. just saying. The entire country. <laughs> the entire country. <laughs> yeah. I moved and all of my bones broke. It's fine. I'm fine. What broke? All of all of my bones. Oh no. <laughs> um, okay guys. I hope it didn't pick up on the recording. I just cracked my neck. Um I so farted. break all them did bones. You hear it? No. Oh. It was good. Anyways, oh, pirates. That. Okay, sorry. Pirates. Anyways, privateers. Oh, ooh, my but bad. privateers, right, not pirates. <laughs> <laughs> um so this is where it takes a dark turn. So when privateers would come to visit the pirate house they so okay casper you remember how you're talking about the underground tunnels yeah they tie into this too yeah i wondered yep so privateers would get um men drunk or they would drug them in the tavern and then um there is a tunnel in uh oh here we go so it was called the old rum cellar and it uh, it ran along the tavern and underneath the captain's room and there was a river in this tunnel, from from what I understand. And the tunnel ran all the way out to the river where ships could unload alcohol. And it was used to bring alcohol in, but it was also used to take people out. And what would they do with these people? Bring a bottle in. Just kill them? Bring a, bring a man um, out. So, people... Yes, so not great things. Yeah, not great things. <laughs> Um, the privateers would sell these men to the captains for about 12 or $14. And pretty much you would go in for a drink and then wake up in a boat on your way to like a country and you had no idea what was going on. Whoa. Yeah. That's one hell of a hangover. Old school human trafficking. Yeah. Um, sometimes young boys would even be taken to ships and drugged. And if anyone resisted, they'd be beaten or tortured. And they were essentially given to captains of ships to become unwilling crew members bound for unknown destinations around the world. There was one policeman who actually got drugged in Savannah 
and he oh, woke no. up headed to, towards China. And it took him two years to get home. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Is that a movie? Because I would pay be. to see that one, too. That would also be a great movie. Yeah. And it is kind of funny. Well, no, it is funny. Because now it's a restaurant. It's a really well-known restaurant. And um, so it's just weird because you can go in there and eat food and have, like, a good time. And then, like, a few hundred years ago... You're in the same spot where people got drugged and, like, taken away. So what about the tunnels? People getting dragged through the tunnels. What do you mean? Are they, like, can you still go? Do you have access to them? No, so those are sealed off. Um. And from what I understand, it was was fairly recently. Um, But, yeah, so the rum cellar is completely sealed and you don't have access uh, anymore. Interesting. Yeah, and I, I think it connects with... Um, the place that you talked about, was it last week or the week Probably. before? It was the week before. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, all the tunnels just... were connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, a fun fact about the Pirate's House. A fun fact that's not that fun? No, this one's actually fun. Oh, okay. It is referred, uh, in the book Treasure Island. Oh, oh by Robert fun. Louis Stevenson. Sure. Um, so Captain sure. Flint, who was the main character in the book, was a real person, and he actually died in the house. And hmm. so today people will hear um, hear him yell, get me the brandy, get it, I say, or just things like that. Like, they'll just hear him yell mm. about alcohol or... I love him. I, yep. Yeah. I, I feel like Savannah has some fun ghosts. Yeah. Some real and fun I think ghosts. he's one of them. <laughs> he's having a good time. You Your go. guy's having a good time. Not a lot of people in my store are having a good time. Um, <laughs> Tommy is not having a good time. Except when he's photobombing. Who's photobombing? Oh, Timmy. Tommy. Tommy, yeah. the boy. Yeah, that's the only thing he has going for him. <laughs> Tommy Spearface. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> oh, man, but that's what he's being called now. <laughs> I think I just found the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy's. Who? Tommy Spearface. Dark turn. Okay. Um, is that poor taste? <laughs> Maybe. Anyways, not apologizing for that one either. <laughs> you heard me. Um, okay, yes. So another thing uh, that they hear in the house today is, so the tunnels are sealed off, but they can hear voices in the tunnels still, people talking, and no one can go in there and look because it's sealed off. Oh my gosh! I wonder if they've found what if bodies it's just and like, stuff in these tunnels. What if it's just like homeless people down there, just like chatting it up, <laughs> and then everyone's like freaking out upstairs? <laughs> I I like to believe it's that. Instead I don't. Of That's almost worse because what if it's a homeless person that got goats. stuck down there? If they got in, they can get out. Yeah, it's a straight. They, they follow somehow. the river. Yeah, because there's the underground river that. Yeah, but. What if they're, they're big dr- What if they're like the river comes in and they're drowning and they're like trying to get help and they can't. Well, that and then sucks. You're gonna have more ghosts. <laughs> it's added on. And next week Jackie will be giving an apology. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said it sucks and it really does suck. I wouldn't want to be in that situation. Mm. Um I think drowning would be a terrible way to die. It's supposedly one of the worst. Yeah. Fun fact. You can drown and survive. Drowning isn't necessarily like um, getting like water 
Well, it's not suffocating with and like being submerged in water. You can drown and be okay. Fun fact. I huh. forget what drowning that's technically means. That's a fun means. fact that's not that fun. Well, yeah, I mean, it still doesn't sound like a great time. Well, but yeah, like, yeah, I drowned. Is... And then, well, you're still alive. So I still drowned. I, 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 I mean, forget yeah, exactly what it was. But you still get the Interesting. whole sensation of drowning. And like that's like supposedly one of the worst because your lungs are on fire. Oh, yeah. It'd like be waterboarding? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. It would be terrible. But like, yeah, you still lived. Yay. Privateers, not pirates. Yeah. So, okay, so I only have one bullet left, and this is a story. I found it in multiple locations, so I believe it's an actual story. Um, There's one individual who went into the tunnels under the pirate house, and um, this is before tunnels had been sealed, and he had bribed a wider... A wider? Waiter? Wider. Sorry, I, I saw the Typo. word. <laughs> no, it's it's spelled right. I just saw the word, and my brain was like, white. Wider. A waiter to take him. Um, so he lowered himself into the tunnel and walked. Oh, yeah. So to get into the tunnel, you like drop down. It wasn't stairs. So it's like a trapdoor. Kind of. Almost. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so he was lowered into the tunnel and he walked along the river and he arrived at this heavy door. Um, the door opens up and it just like continues down the river. Um, when he opened the door, he saw a skeleton and the door shut behind him. And once the cool. door shut, he immediately heard talking behind the door and two shadows pass in front of him. He opened the door and sprinted out of the tunnels. Like, the uh, door opened back Yeah, up. I think I would, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, Whoa. that's the pirate house. You can, um, like I said, eat there. Uh, there was... The way it was built was really weird. So, it's a restaurant, but there's 12 different rooms you can eat in because it used to be an inn. Oh. So, it's like... The cool. rooms that you could stay in are now different segments in the room. Like, it's very sectioned off. Hmm. But So can you, like, request rooms? Can you be like, I want to go eat in this room? I feel like you'd be able to. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I looked at the menu. All... It looked good. I wonder if they are all different themed no. rooms. That would be neat. Now I'm hungry. Hmm. Me too. Is it expensive? After we talk about all this death and murder. No. From what I... I looked it up and... I don't remember the prices, but I remember thinking, oh, I can afford it. Here, let's do it. Watch it be like $300 let's a meal or something. Let's just Google this up right now. Ta-da. So, Jackie, anyway. do you have an estimate of, like, how many people got, like, Shanghai through the tunnels? Um, I actually don't know because everything was done so secretly. Because it would be – it's individuals working mm. with individual people. That would be people. hard to, rec- like, keep records of. Yeah, so – um. I honestly, I didn't find any numbers anywhere. And with it was how all many travelers people. too, so mm-hmm. not like people, people reporting somebody's missing. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, um, inconspicuously, because mm. you, because everyone's drunk, and you see two guys carrying out someone who looks like they're passed out. I, that yeah. looks very normal. They're just <laughs> being super a, helpful. Yeah. Who's Captain Flint? Captain Flint's favorites, shrimp and grits. Did you, you say know who's Captain Flint? He's the one in Treasure Island that oh, says, yeah. like, give me the brandy. That guy. Uh, so you it's can... Like you so I'm looking, I'm looking at the Pirate's House menu right now. Okay. You can get... Uh, they have award-winning honey pecan fried chicken. Ooh, that sounds good. For $19.95. Oh 
You can get shrimp creole for twenty three ninety five. Okay, so it's like a little expensive. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little. Um, you you can get shrimp and grits for twenty three ninety five. But I will tell you, Jackie, do you know where I'm going with this? That you love grits, not just any grits. You can go pay twenty three ninety five for shrimp and grits at the Pirates House in Savannah, or you can go just a little north to Nashville, Tennessee. To the Farmland Cafe and get the best grits you will ever have in your mouth (laughs) for like five bucks. That was such a a good restaurant. Shout out to the Farmland Cafe. If you guys ever happen to be listening to us, they are making breakfast great again. (laughs) No, they really are. Like that's that was their motto. Make we're making breakfast great again. Topical. They really did, and they are. They're such a kind couple. They came from. Uh, California settled in Nashville. This has nothing to do with Savannah, but I'm just going <laughs> to shamelessly plug Farm Farm Farmland Farmland Cafe. I can't even remember the name. It was Farmland Cafe in uh, what was the name of the town? Brentwood. B- Brentwood. In Brentwood, Tennessee. Um the couple was it's a family-owned place. They are their their grits are incredible. Um but the Pirates House also has Oh, that's not even like their main entree. Um, they have jambalaya. They have a lot of Ooh. shrimp. I like shrimp. Even their filet Sorry, mignon I'm is only twenty eight ninety five. It's an eight ounce oh. filet. That's pretty cheap. I'm broke, so that still sounds expensive to me. But, but for a filet mignon, I feel like that's pretty cheap. Hmm. Yeah, for a steak. For a filet mignon, because those are pretty. Oh, man. Okay, now let's get to the good part. <laughs> Dessert. Cool. Pirate's House rum cake. Love it. Ultimate chocolate cake. Georgian peach crumb cake. Hey, the peaches are back. Peaches. Bourbon pecan pie, which is something that they also have in Kentucky, which is so good. Pumpkin tiramisu. Mm. Key lime pie. One of my favorite desserts of all time is creme brulee, and they have a spiced rum creme brulee. Oh, that sounds I'm so good. I'm so hungry. We need to stop reading off of this menu because I am getting ridiculously hungry. <laughs> I take right now. back everything I said bad about Savannah because of this spiced rum creme brulee at the Pirate's House. <laughs> we did it. I like we made, how we got to see you grow. We made Kim like Savannah. <laughs> I aim with to. Spiced rum cake. <laughs> I aim to please. Because, first episode, you said, I hate Savannah in Georgia. Second one, I'm sorry. I'll try and be more open minded. The creme brulee changed it. That's what, That's did, what it. did it. Desserts. Desserts. Desserts for Desserts everyone. Save the world. Savannah. Right? <laughs> they always do. Forget giving peas a chance. Give creme brulee a chance. Who's giving peas a chance? All right. Well, that's Savannah. Yeah. Oh, we're done with Savannah. We're done. We are done with Savannah. Although, do we want to. No, we shouldn't say what we're doing next week. No. I forget what we're doing next week. I know week, what we're so. doing next week because I was mm-hmm. telling somebody earlier. Wasn't it my idea? It was your yep. idea. <laughs> I totally forget. I but don't even sort of remember. You all will have to tune in next week to find out what it is. Yes. Apparently me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I feel like we barely scratched the surface of all things Savannah though. Savannah is like, uh, like Casper said, it's the most haunted city in America. Um, and 
so we in what two three hours time there's no way that we could cover all the things mm-hmm. so please. i can attest to how many stories i saw of other things that just didn't quite have enough content to cover in a whole podcast so like you name it they're like every corner has something haunted on it that's amazing and and scary and awesome if you are a resident of Savannah and you want to write in and tell us your ghost stories, or if you've been to Savannah, or if you've been to any of these places and you want to write and tell us, mile13show at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook. We have an Instagram. Um, anything else we need to cover? If you have suggestions, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we love you. We're always looking for ideas of what to right. cover next. You guys are not all right. We do love you very much. Thank you to our five listeners. If who are all so people that we've guilted into listening to this i have so not guilted you. anyone they listened of their own free will i'm just like oh i guilt yeah please but i like you know what if if our five listeners tell five people and those five people tell those five people then next thing you know we m- might be able to run a commercial or something i mean technically we can do it at any time that'll be a day we're not in this for the money just so you know i am I'm in it for the three cents a month. I'm kidding. (laughs) I just like that it gives me a productive outlet for my history nerdiness. I just like talking about ghosts. And murder. And murder. Murder. You mean somebody's going to listen to me talk about ghosts for an hour? Sign me up. I know, right? Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Really, um, we appreciate everyone... Uh, honestly, like, uh, okay, now I will be shameless. If you, if you like the content, please subscribe on whatever your platform is. And also, uh, like hit the like button on whatever your platform is, because by doing that, that's how we get more listeners. So, um, like the more likes and shares and stuff that we have, the higher, the more visible we are when somebody just goes to look for a new podcast, the, the ones that show up are the ones that have the most likes and the most shares. So if you like and share us, the more likely we are to get other listeners that have to listen to people being impaled on spikes. And uh, yeah, and who doesn't like that? Right. I mean, who doesn't like a good spike impaling? I do. I know. I do. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Also, uh, leave a good review. And if you don't like us, don't say anything. If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Is that a wrap? Yeah. That's it. All right. Thanks. See you next week. All right. Bye. See you next week. Bye.